Yo, 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 what up, what up? It's your girl Daylight, and you are tuned into On a Higher Level here on Anchor FM. Hello to all you wonderful people out there. It is your girl Daylight, and I am so excited to have you guys tuned in to On a Higher Level. Now, right now, I'm just walking around my room drinking some tea and I have some special herbs in my tea today that I want to tell you guys about so I'm drinking organic green tea that I get from Publix they have this organic line called Greenwise that I absolutely love and you know Publix has been a little late with getting on the organic train but when they do they do not miss so I love their teas especially they're so good it's just something about them that's really special so in my tea today I have a mullein which is an herb that is known to naturally improve a wide array of upper respiratory problems um, about maybe four years ago the adenoid cystic carcinoma that we're going to be discussing it metastasized to my lungs and I had to have surgery on both of my lungs and since then I have to use an inhaler and so now I drink mullein for my lungs for lung health and my son was diagnosed with asthma so it helps him as well so I've seen these benefits myself so this is not something I'm just putting out there no boo boo it works also black seed oil with wit I mean I'm telling you black seed oil soothes inflammation and it dissolves phlegm and of course, after having surgery on your lungs, of course, you deal with inflammation of those areas and coughing and it's really irritating. It's terrible on the throat. So I have my black seed oil. I also have oil of oregano. It's a natural antibiotic, powerful antioxidant, and it boosts the immune system and it has anti-cancer properties and fights cold and flu symptoms. And these wonderful facts were given to us from our friends over at Pharmacy for Life over on Instagram and Holistic Things. I'm telling you, they sell great products. I buy them myself. You will not go wrong if you check them out. So make sure you do that. So as I'm recording, you may hear things shuffling in the background. I'm a full-time mom, I'm a homeschool teacher, I'm a student myself, you know, I'm working on my own musical career. So not only are all of those things occurring all at once, I am also a cancer survivor who is actively going through treatment. Now, adenoid cystic carcinoma is a bit different in the way that it's something that pretty much you'll have to be um, careful about pretty much for the rest of your life. It's not something that ever pretty much goes away per se the doctors, but um, I say it can go away. You know, I believe in total body health, but that's a whole different subject for a different day. But adenoid cystic carcinoma seems to be relentless in the way that it continues to attack. Now, I will say, like I said, you will hear noises in the background. <laughs> I'm a mom, I'm a real woman, but that's also why I changed things up because I felt like the way that I was doing the podcast before wasn't really a true representation of who I am. You guys didn't get to see any of who I am, how this has affected me. I felt like I was just going like this proper, you know, blurb of things that didn't really fit who I am as a person. And I want you guys to get to know me. I want to get to know you and your stories and share your story. So I'm going to be sharing bits and pieces of everything overall that has happened with me as we move forward and as I hear you guys' story because um, to me, it's already been concluded. 
I claim overall healing in my body in the name of Jesus because if I am ever doubtful, that's when things take a turn for the worse. So something that has definitely helped me in my personal journey with adenoid cystic carcinoma is marijuana. And oh my goodness, is it controversial. But this segment is going to be called On a Higher Dose. All right? On a Higher Dose with Daylight. Oh yeah. But no, it says, okay, so right now we're going to talk about my history with marijuana. So I actually smoked weed for the first time when I was about 16 years old. Nothing happened. Didn't really care for it. Moved forward to about 18. Tried it again. It was it was cool. It was cool. But I didn't really delve in it. You know, I wasn't involved in it. In my early 20s, I would smoke recreationally, have fun, turn up, get light. You know, it, it was... I was 20, you know, I, I had no responsibilities really except to keep myself safe and I did and I had fun. It was one of those things. But then once I became pregnant with my first child, I completely stopped smoking weed altogether. So I didn't start up again until after treatment started kicking my ass terribly. I think I was at the end of radiation and the medications. They were just, I was on like 12 pills a day. Just, it was terrible. I was a zombie, I was moody. I couldn't really eat, you know, it, it was terrible. It felt like it was doing more damage to my body than even the cancer itself. And and you'll see in later episodes where I've spoken with guest hosts and guests that have come and shared their wonderful stories about how things like that happen. You know what I mean? And so I'm just so excited to share these moments with you guys. And I hope that you will be open-minded about something like marijuana because it can be controversial to people that are just against it completely regardless of the facts, regardless of what it helps. But I personally have seen very positive results as far as weed is concerned. Now I am on none of the prescriptions that I was on before. When I'm in pain, I smoke some weed. When I have a headache, I smoke some weed. Instead of running back and forth to my doctor, begging them for prescriptions of Lortab that never work in the same manner or the same capacity as the first time. And they know this. I mean, it's a whole business and we all know this. We know pharmaceuticals is just money. They'd rather see me sick than see me healthy and well. So no, why would we give you any of the drugs that we've given you all this time and created a problem for you? Why would we, why would we do that? No. And also I have Medicaid. So, I mean, there are so many things. We're going to go over so many things, but right now on a higher dose, we are talking about the strain of the week. All right, the strain of the week is cotton candy runts. Now your girl Daylight is a major fan of runts. It is a strain of weed that is especially, especially near and dear to my heart because it helped me while I was in the hospital. Um, I was on very high dosages of very, very powerful medications, things like morphine, things like Dilaudid. And I hated the way that it was making me feel. I couldn't even get out of bed. And so I had edibles. And I decided that I would go this route, you know, natural, healthy, whole. And when I tell you I started recovering way faster than when I was on everything that was given to me by prescription, it's terrible. I mean, it's, it's terrible. So I definitely, definitely wholeheartedly believe in herb myself because of the benefits that I've seen for me. Now, this cotton candy runs when I tell you. When I first sat down and rolled up, I was experiencing terrible nausea. I don't know where it was coming from. Earlier that day, I had some cold sake at a Japanese restaurant, so I'm not sure if that's where it came from, but 
yeah, I was nauseous. Like, I felt like everything was about to just go bleh. So I smoked me some cotton candy runts, and then all of a sudden, the nausea started to clear up. And that's one of the benefits of weed that I love personally in my cancer with journey and my journey with cancer. You know what? I'm going to keep that in here because that was just a moment. <laughs> but in my journey with cancer, it's like that has been one of the things that has been hard for me, you know, is making sure that I have these things that I need, these things that people don't really pay attention to, like, am I eating? Am I out of pain? You know, am, is my mind clear? You know, am I okay? Am I able to process everything that I've been through? And for me, weed has opened those doors, you know, for me to come off all of those prescription medications that do nothing but create addictions and dependency. I've been through both. I've experienced both, you know, it affects our health our health negatively, you know, it does nothing to contribute to the overall goal of what we're trying to accomplish in the first place. And that's to eradicate such a horrible disease. You know what I mean? So the strain of the week, cotton candy runts, it definitely, definitely helped me. Check out leafly.com or allbud.com and put in cotton candy runts and it'll tell you everything that you need to know about this herb. Now, everybody's experience will be different. We're not all the same. But I'm telling you, an overall sense of just like chill and laid back, that's the vibe I got from it. You know what I'm saying? In cotton candy, it is an indica, okay? So indicas and nativas and hybrids, for me, they all kind of have a different sort of effect. I would say that the indicas are more for the nighttime if you want to relax and lay back and chill and have a, a really night, nice of sleep. A really nice night of sleep. What is wrong with me today? Okay, anyway, and then we have a super jack, and it's a sativa. And sativas are more during the day because it gives you this incredible energy that you didn't even know you had deep down inside your brain. Or maybe that's just me as a stay-at-home mom of three. I don't know. Either way, it works. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling you guys about this super jack is another strain. Like I said, it's a sativa that I have right here, so I thought I'd mention it. But today... We are focused on the cotton candy runs, so you guys give it a try. If you can, be careful out here. Be safe. But like I said, herb all day. I'm really trying to avoid my green shot right now. My kale, my spinach, my celery, my cucumber. Now it's just sitting there settling and everything's just kind of hanging out at the bottom. Like, sup guys, what you doing? But no, um, yeah... So, I'm sure by now you guys have noticed that we have undergone some changes, like the name change. So, we are no longer accepting changes consciously. We are now on a higher level because we are on a higher level. And then our tagline is straight from the cloud. And I say this in a way like, okay, you know how we're all tuned into our phones and our storage on our phones and the things that we keep? I feel like the cloud is like this literal thing. Like it holds all of our emotions and it follows us. It's an energy. Do you guys feel energy? I definitely feel energy when I walk into different rooms, different environments, different settings. It's very, very, very tangible. And it seems like it isn't, but it's there. And it's one of those things we like to ignore. We try to go based on what people are presenting to us, but that's usually not even what's real. And I felt like ACC wasn't really allowing me to really be real, allowing me to share how this journey has affected me from my personal perspective. 
and not from some professional, we're going to make this look clean way. Because it wasn't clean. It wasn't a professional moment. I don't think there was any proper way to deal with the diagnosis of something so brutal as adenoid cystic carcinoma. So I'm like, okay, if this is the way that I'm going to handle things, if this is the way that I've been, the gritty moments, the real moments, the shitty moments, the full of joy moments, the laughter, every moment that has been worth it, every moment that is worth it now, that will be worth it, I want to get that through, you know, and it's way deeper than just the surface that I felt like I was getting to, you know, I was saying something, but I wasn't saying what I needed to say. And I hope that makes sense. I hope you get it. And I hope you get to know me as we are growing together, because I feel like that's one of the things that we don't get, you know, in our cancer care. And that's the mental and emotional support. And maybe sometimes we do. But we have this unique, unique connection in our community that we share with one another. And deep down inside, I feel like we all got to keep it real in order to heal. Because if we don't, it'll just fester and it'll grow like mold. You can't expect mold to clean itself and disappear. No, you got to get rid of it. And that's what it can do. You know, the mental and emotional health gets ignored so much because in the hospital, you're on medications and IVs and different systems for you to be able to breathe and you're losing your hair and you're losing body parts and you feel like you're losing your mind and it's like okay what do you do at that point do you talk about it can you talk about it is somebody willing to listen and here I am I'm willing to listen and at one point I didn't want to share my story God has convicted me so many times and I tried to run I tried to say Lord no not me I, this is already enough I'm I'm dealing with all this stuff I'm dealing with losing my eye. I'm dealing with these scars on my chest from them opening me up, Lord God, and sticking tubes between my ribs. Lord God, what more can I do? What, what can I do? So I felt like I had to say that in the name of the podcast, you know. Even the name had to get the point across of how this has touched my life and your lives and the lives of your loved ones and people around you and people that have met you. You don't even understand. This is bigger than us, you guys. But we have each other. We understand one another in a way that unfortunately no one else can. It's very unique, very special too. Because look how strong you are. Look at everything you've overcome. You know, I think about my own story and then I hear other stories and I'm just like blown away. Like you guys are absolutely incredible to me. You you fill me up and I'm just blessed to have been able to hear these beautiful stories. So, yes, we are no longer the name of accepting changes consciously because we are still accepting changes consciously. Don't get me wrong. But now... We have graduated and we have grown and we are on a higher level. So we are operating on a higher mindset, right? Because we have to then go through everything that we're going through while not losing ourselves, while still liking the things that we like and the taste of certain things, even though the inside of our mouths burn from radiation. You know, all the things that we unfortunately have 
in common at the base of it all. You know, everything blossoms into something different, but at the base of it all, we understand. So what is adenoid cystic carcinoma? You know, they say that it's a salivary gland cancer. They say that it's an automatic stage four cancer. They say that it is a, um, what do they call it? A pretty much fatal cancer, meaning death. Um, how it pretty much appears out of nowhere. It's adenoid cystic carcinoma, I think, is something that can only be explained from the perspective of everyone that has encountered it. It is not something that just is, and you can go look for it, and you can read about it, but you still would not understand it. And so it is so... How do I put this? It's such a unique type of cancer and the way that it moves and operates. It's not like anything many people have seen before. Um, lots of doctors that I've encountered have never even had a patient that has had adenoid cystic carcinoma. It's like, huh, really? Tell me more. It's like a lot of times I'm telling the doctors about this cancer, even though they are the doctors. It's that rare. So it is known to just disappear into the nerves, meaning for, to me, it can pretty much pop up anywhere. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a salivary gland cancer myself, but I mean, if you're heavily into what doctors believe and what they say and what they put out there based on the research they say that they've done, then it is considered that. But, like I said, having personally dealt with it, yes, it did start in my left lacrimal gland. And the lacrimal gland is the gland that produces tears. So, that's where it was found for me. Had to get it removed from there. I wasn't able to produce tears in my left eye from that point moving forward. But we discovered it because I was in pain. I was in a lot of pain after I would cry. I mean, excruciating pain. It felt like cluster headaches and if you guys would google that right quick you would know exactly how much pain I was in because you can multiply that times a trillion and maybe you could come somewhere close but um after that uh we went to doctor after doctor after doctor I was diagnosed with all kinds of crazy things I was diagnosed you hear that you hear that engine outside I told you this is life this this is real life so I was diagnosed with all kinds of things, but nothing ever was definitive about what was going on and causing me these, you know, very, very painful headaches to the point where I would have to miss school. I, I would have to go sit in the dark and cover my face because I couldn't see anything because everything hurt to, to look right at it directly. So finally, once we moved to Georgia, because I grew up in Maryland. What's up, y'all? They say Merlin. I'm sorry, my bad, y'all. I grew up in Maryland. No, but I grew up in Maryland, and once we moved to Georgia, I went and saw an ophthalmologist, and that's when everything started from there. So I was referred to um, a surgeon. His name is Dr. Cole. He's an absolutely incredible ocular plastic surgeon. I was referred to him. He did a biopsy. That's where we found out it was cancer. I was referred to the Aflac Cancer Center in Georgia and I met my incredible pediatric oncologist, Dr. Rackin. I will never forget that man. He was absolutely incredible to me. And you know, that was back when I was 14 years old. I'm 32 now, so that was 18 years ago. And there has been another appearance of another lump on my neck recently. So 
I'm going to have to have surgery soon. And like I said, every perspective of adenoid cystic carcinoma is different. You know, but what I have seen is that it does seem to be relentless and come back and pop up in random places. So mine is now on the left side of my neck. So we shall see moving forward how everything plays out. But I have a faith that's so strong, y'all. I am not worried. And, it, and it's been 18 years. You know, you can only, you know, grieve for so long in my mind to me. Everybody's different and I'm not taking anything away from anyone's experience. Trust me when I say this. But... I'm just saying that for me, you know, it has been a yearly thing. Pretty much since the moment that I was pregnant with my first child, it came back with a vengeance. Up until that point, I went into remission after I had my initial two surgeries. I had some surgeries for revision to correct certain things about my eyelids, but nothing involving the cancer directly until I became pregnant. So that is going to be a whole nother segment because we had some questions about that because we've done research and it's happened to other women that have been diagnosed with adenoid cystic carcinoma one of them being here in georgia how crazy is that but yes this is my story daisha's story daylight day 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 this is my story and this is just the beginning i haven't gone through all the nitty-gritty details but i will and everything will unfold as it should as we move along together as a family, having our moments to share stories and feeling like somebody's listening and someone understands because we all definitely understand. know me this is me I'm very silly I'm very laid back I'm not uptight and just bleh. not typically <laughs> no but I've grown a lot I'm glad that I've decided to do the podcast at this point in my life because at other points it just was working it was working but no just take a moment let's just pause if you gotta go in a closet if you gotta go in a corner if you gotta sit right where you are Let's just take a moment to breathe, just deep breathing. This world is in disarray right now. Our minds, our bodies are probably in disarray right now. Let's just take a moment to pause and give ourselves a minute. Aren't we worth a minute? Can we, can we get a minute? There's nothing to, oh, I got it. Mm-mm-mm. Pause, because you're important. And if you don't take care of you, you can't help anybody else. That's never going to be the case, so work with me here. Pause and breathe and take a second to reflect on how you're truly feeling in this moment and face it. Because if you don't, like I said, it will fester. guys it has been so very 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 real on the premiere episode of on a higher level dog but yes I'm so I just I'm filled with joy because I never saw myself doing something like this I don't really like having to do stuff that puts anything about me out there 
but God has told me that there was a purpose in all of this, and I'm just being obedient, y'all, because I'm tired of struggling. You know, I'm tired of having to deal with things that are very, very heavy. Even though I am thankful to have the strength of God to do so, I'm telling you, because it has been a journey. It has been a struggle, but I'm telling you, it's been rewarding for all the things that I've learned. And I felt like it was going to be this or it was going to be something else that was going to have to teach me. So if it's this, all right, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because it could have been way worse. And like I said, hearing stories and understanding different perspectives on this, that's what has helped me along. That's what's helping me along. I appreciate all of you guys. And now, we're not just focused on adenoid cystic carcinoma here. We're doing more than just that. We want to hear from you about everything you're going through. We're here to speak. Any disease that has come and tried to place itself into your life, let's talk about it, okay? Let's discuss it. This is a free space to be yourself. You don't have to put any PG rating on it. We wanted you to say exactly how you feel. So coming up, we're going to have guests on here, people telling you their stories, their wonderful, beautiful, blessed stories. We're going to be covering my lifestyle changes, things that have helped me along the way, things that have maintained my immunity and health in all sorts of ways. We're going to go over so many different things. I have so much to share with you guys. So thank you so much again for tuning in. This is going to be us together every Sunday. Come hang with me. Come chill with your girl. Come chat. Come to the Instagram page at On A Higher Level. Holla at Daylight. Talk to me. I want to hear from you. We're going to close it out here with a beautiful survivor telling you her story personally. Her name is Kia. We met through Instagram. She is absolutely wonderful. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. My name is Kia Wynn. I am 31 years old. And as of this month, March, I am a four-year adenoid cystic carcinoma survivor. Um... My story really begins in 2015. Um, I was home in Mississippi visiting my parents after I had my um, my son. Um, I was brushing my teeth and I noticed as I was brushing my tongue that there was a lump. It was an odd, hard lump that was kind of bluish on the side of my tongue. And so I went to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, look at this. This is so odd. And my mom is a complete hypochondriac. And she, if you show her something, she's like, you have to go to the doctor right now. And so she took me to urgent care. And urgent care told me it was probably an abscess. Um, and to just follow up with a dentist, you know, as soon as I was back home. And at the time, I was living in Atlanta. And so I cut my trip home short. I went home, made an appointment, and the dentist took x-rays, and he pretty much told me it was nothing but an inflamed taste bed. And so at the time, um, you know, I had a newborn son. Um, I just moved on with my life. I'm like, you know, he said it was nothing. I'm I'm just a nurse by background. Um, but this is a doctor. He knows better than I do. So uh, I just lived my life. Um and so in 2016, I started having shooting pains in my jaw. And when I'm telling you they hurt, it was like stopped me in my tracks. And so finally, by this time, my husband and I moved home closer to family. And 
I was like, I just have to follow up on this one more time. I know they said it was nothing, but let me find a different type of doctor to maybe evaluate me and tell me what this could be. Because, you know, before it wasn't painful, but now I'm having pain. Well, I went to the ENT, and he, you know, felt around on the the lump, and he really just had no idea what it was, but he said, hey, let's just do an MRI and see what that shows us. Well, that evening... He called and said, you have a huge mass, three and a half centimeters, and I have no idea what it is, nor do I feel comfortable touching it. And he told me that I should go to um, Nashville, Tennessee, to Vanderbilt University, and follow up with their ear, nose, and throat um, doctors. And so within two weeks, Vanderbilt had my appointment, my mom and I drove the three hours there, and... um. You know, I had my evaluation with the doctor, and he pretty much told me, he's like, mm, I don't think it's suspicious, but let's just go ahead and do a biopsy, and then um, since you live three hours away, we'll just have a preliminary diagnosis so we can figure out what to do about this. And so um, he stuck a needle with no anesthesia, no numbing, <laughs> into my tongue to collect um, the cells for pathology. And so we sent them upstairs. Um, about two hours later, he comes in and delivers the bad news. At 27 years old, I'm told that I have adenoid cystic carcinoma. Um, I am a nurse. I have learned about various types of cancer. Um, this is not one I've ever heard of. Um, and he began to tell me that it was a rare cancer. Um, but that obviously I would need, you know, some, to have surgery to remove it. And then we would have to, uh, talk about our options. And so within two weeks, I was back in Nashville, prepared to have my surgery. And the plan was to remove the lump and then fill in the hole with muscle from my thigh. And so... Um, we had the surgery. They were able to remove um, my uh, mass, and then they attempted to repair my tongue with the muscle from my thigh. Um, I'm sure you've noticed by now that my speech is a little different, and that obviously is a result of um, the surgery that I had. My surgery, if I can remember correctly, was about 12 hours that I was in there as they um, did, you know, the whole shebang. Unfortunately, um, my graft that they attempted to um, re- repair my tongue with failed. And so um, I went home and came back, and that has to be removed. And, and so during that time, I had about five surgeries because my graft failed, and then my body wouldn't heal, and then I wasn't able to eat, and it was just a complete and utter disaster. I mean, I have never in my 27 years been through um, a harder time, you know. When I was diagnosed, my son was 10 months old, and so I had to be away from my home because we lived in Mississippi at the time, in a hospital, having complications, and I remember that I told them, I was so frustrated, I remember sitting in the bed, and I'm like, look, my son's first birthday is coming up, and I need to be out of the hospital, 
And so, despite all the complications and all that, I went home, I believe it was two days before my son's first birthday. Um, I've never been a big person. Um, I'm probably 130 pounds. I'm 5'4". Um, when I went home, after all of that, I was about 89 pounds. I was like skin and bones because I had a fusion tube. And I wasn't able to tolerate the feedings very well. Um, Obviously, you know, I had all this surgery to my tongue, so I wasn't even able to eat. Um, It was a miserable time. So during that time I was home healing, we were trying to come up with the next um, step. Where I have to have radiation. Um, I had been told that chemo does not, or my cancer does not respond to chemo. And so that was never really on the table at first. Well, um, it was recommended that I have radiation. And so because I'm a nurse, I have to do my research. And so I'm I'm one of the best for myself. And I found MD Anderson. And MD Anderson has proton radiation. And um, proton is better than traditional radiation because it allows them to deliver the radiation more precisely. And considering my age, um, I wanted to limit the side effects of whatever treatment I would have because my hope and desire was after this, I could go on to lead a normal, healthy life. And so I was able to go to MD Anderson and have evaluation, and the doctors there agreed that I would be a perfect candidate for proton therapy. The problem came with my insurance. Um, my insurance at the time did not want to approve the proton because it was more expensive than traditional radiation. And being that I work in healthcare, I think it's the most ridiculous thing ever that an insurance company that makes millions of dollars and pays their CEOs millions of dollars have the authority to tell a cancer patient what type of care they can have. So... Through many appeals and even myself writing my uh, letter of um, of support and why I, I felt I needed this procedure, on top of my physician sending about 200 pages of research um, to explain to them that why I should have this uh, care, insurance finally, after it was probably over a month, approved my proton therapy. Mind you, this delayed my care. Um but I did go on to have radiation, but I also had chemo um, to help intensify the radiation. It, the chemo was never intended to target the the cancer specifically. Um, it was to boost the effects of the radiation. And so I went through that at MD Anderson for six weeks of um, everyday radiation. Um that was a tough time. I remember being in so much pain. Um, I had like this mouthwash that I could use that would help numb my mouth because I had sores from the radiation. And um, I had Dilaudid. I'm not sure if people are familiar with pain medications, but I was taking Dilaudid um, every two hours and it wasn't even touching the pain. But because I worked in healthcare, I was afraid to have a fentanyl patch because my fear was that I would become addicted to pain medicine. And so during that time, um, I pretty much suffered through the pain by just, at least the gelati took the edge off, but it never took the pain away. 
So, um, I finished radiation and chemo in about August or September of 2016. And ever since, um, I have been followed, um, anywhere from, I went from every three to four months to every six months. Um, and then soon I'll be on it every year where I'll go in and have, um, various bands, um, of my chest and my head just to make sure I don't have a reoccurrence. As I previously stated, I'm a four-year survivor. Um, no, I, I feel like every day is uh, a journey. Um, most people my age uh, are able to live a carefree life, whereas um, I really have lost that ability to live a carefree life. Um, you know, I remember when my husband and I... Um, wanted to buy a house. I don't, I don't believe I've ever even told him this, but I was afraid to buy a house because I thought, like, what if, what if I die? And this is after even, um, my cancer treatment. I'm like, what if I die? And I leave him with all of this to take care of by himself. Um, you know, I think back on that now, I kind of have tears in my eyes because it just sucks to have to feel that way, um, and even now, there are days where, um, maybe my chest will hurt, or maybe, um, I'm breathing funny, and I'll, like, get all anxious, um, but I, I make an effort to have what I call faith over fear, and so, whenever I get to that phase, I talk myself down, I look, you have to have faith over fear, because, God never has intentions to harm you. He, he, um, his intentions are to prosper you and give you hope for the future. And that comes from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven in the Bible. And so that verse kind of got me through the hard times. And still to this day, when I'm in a tough spot or I'm afraid and I'm telling myself faith over fear, um, I, I lean on that verse heavy um, because I know that um, I have a purpose, you know, I, I, I was angry at God um, for putting me in this situation, and not that I'm, you know, more deserving than anyone else, or I shouldn't have hard times, but at the time that I was diagnosed, you know, I was uh, a newlywed, and I had a new baby, and I just felt like my life was where I, I personally wanted it, and, and why would he steal that joy from me? And I know that that wasn't God. Um, we go through tough times. And that having this um, journey has really made me a stronger person. And, you know, um, I always wanted to know what God had planned for my life. And um, in this journey, I know that he wants me to share where I've been because, you know, I was a nurse and... I had the healthcare system essentially fail me by telling me that, that it was nothing and I lived with cancer for an entire year with no treatment because no one took me seriously at first. Um, so as a healthcare provider, um, my, my words of wisdom to the masses is if 
you know your body and you find something that's abnormal, stand up for yourself and don't let somebody talk you out of it and say, oh, it's nothing. If you are really nervous or concerned, keep going to different doctors until you finally find somebody to listen. Um, because it's your body and it's your life. Um, and you deserve to be heard and you deserve to have peace of mind. Um, and so in this journey, I just hope that someone learns from me not following up and, and, and pushing someone to look further, please do that, follow up, um, and just know that there's various, um, support groups for what you're going through, and I've learned in my journey and my research, I found so many people of all ages, of all races that have been diagnosed with this awful cancer, but we're all a support for each other by sharing our journeys, and helping each other through these tough times. And so just know that there's a community out there that understands and that's willing to help support you through the tough times. Um, and so I'm Kia Wynn. I'm 31 years old, and I am a four-year survivor of adenoid cystic carcinoma. Um, and, um, yeah.